Hello, I'm Eugene Kim, and I welcome you to On Death, the podcast where we talk about death through the four prompts. I am, before I die, I want, when I die, I want, and after I die, I want. This week, we sit down with Tasia Persevich. Tasia is a 28-year-old athlete, coach, and believer. Tasia recently competed in the 2018 CrossFit Games and placed first with the CrossFit Mayhem Freedom Team. In this conversation, we discuss the high-low buffalo of the CrossFit Games, how an abusive relationship now allows her to connect with fellow humans, and her single mother's strength as she mourned the death of her siblings. Before we talk more about Tasia and this really great conversation that we had, I want to talk about my long-form Sundays posts. You can find these at mnmwod.com, that is m-n-m-w-o-d.com, mindfulness and mobility work of the day, or you can just type in eugenehkim into your browser, it'll redirect you there. And uh, these are my weekly, weekly reflections of medical school from the first anatomy lab to now as I'm uh, completing my acting internship on, in, on the inpatient psychiatry unit and uh, preparing my residency applications for psychiatry. And uh, on, 20, on August 19th, 2018, I published On Parenthood in the Wards. This week, I reflect I reflected on parenthood and transference in my clinical rotation. I relate to patients that have affected me deeply and how I used our common bond of parenthood to connect with them. Then more recently, on August 26, 2018, I published on the love of friends and family. This week, I reflected on the love of friends and family, a surprise baby shower from friends, a white Korean car from my family, and the gift of presence and love from my family-in-law. And again, you can find those at mnmwad.com, eugenehkim, or you can type in uh, physician education in Amazon, and you'll find the uh, collected, uh, the, all the collected reflections in paperback uh, or Kindle available for purchase there, either one. If you want to do it for free on the website, that's totally cool. If you want to help support the thing, do, do what you've got to do. So back to Tasia. Tasia is a believer, an athlete, and someone who believes that her destiny is to spread love throughout the world. Before Tasia dies, she wants to continue to be happy, to live out her purpose, to travel, and to start a family. When Tasia dies, she wants to be at peace and to not be in fear. After Tasia dies, she wants to be remembered for good things and to be remembered for spreading love and joy. In conclusion, Tasia says, thank you to everyone who listens to this podcast. Just remember, you're capable of anything you want to do in life and happiness can be just right around the corner because it's found within you. So remember, so to remember what, whether you're in a hard time or a high time, that joy can be found in each day, and it's really important to prioritize that over money and fame and all those things because love conquers all. So, lo- so joy, love, spread those things in the world as much as you can, and hopefully goodness will come from it. I agree, Tasia. So, uh... Uh, th- this was a really great conversation that we had. Um, Tasha and I had never really talked before this conversation. We knew we have we've known a lot of people uh, through the Ever Proven CrossFit world, and then she kind of moved up to CrossFit Free, and I stayed over at Ever Proven. This is all these are CrossFit gyms in New Hampshire, um, and then she started to compete in regionals. And uh, I started working for a supplement company called Blonix. It's a great company. They sell creatine HMB. That's a whole other conversation. And then uh, I helped uh, through through my connection there. Uh, ben Tasha started working for them, and now she's. It's great. So we, we've had a lot of intersections, but we've never really, uh, ne- never really caught up and, and, and um, gotten to know each other through through any meaningful way. So this conversation was really it. And uh, I knew she'd be really great. She's uh, she has a really lovely presence on social media. Uh, she's really she has she she has a smile that just you, you, it's like you know there are certain types of p- smiles in the world and the uh, like you know like uh, when a pit bull smiles when they get their their super happy face is just uh, you know it's just beaming joy. And uh, I think Tasia has a very beaming joy kind of smile. And um, it's it's uh, that's just I believe who she is. And uh, she's a very positive person. She she has a deep Christian faith, and uh, she she has a very earnest desire to connect with people that uh, that that you know share her faith and and who who find inspiration from her, and I think a lot of people do. She's a, a lovely, beautiful human, and she's strong. She's a very strong lady, and um, so we we 
never really got to know each other, but we've circled each other for this conversation for quite some time. Uh, we're, you know, she uh, initially we we're going to do it before the CrossFit Games, after a regionals competition, uh, but then the timing didn't work out because she was really starting to train for 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 the games, uh, and she's training down in Cookville, um, Tennessee, uh, over with the CrossFit Mayhem team, and uh, with uh, so so you know I I was like okay I want to respect that you you got you got some preparation to do you got to get your mind right I I'll, I'll wait until after the games and so. So uh, we sort of we we kept uh, kept in touch, and then finally we got this conversation. So uh, that said, there I there are some audio issues with the recording on her end. Um, unfortunately, there every once in a while her, on her side the the audio will drop, and uh, I it's it's a little distracting, uh, but it doesn't really take it doesn't take away from the content of the conversation, which is lovely and amazing, um, and she really opens up for it. Um, it does, however, kind of jar you. So I apologize for that. I just thought that I was like, hey. I got her on the line. We're recording. It's like, do we do we go or do we no go? And I decided to go. Uh, so if if it if it if crazy creates great distress in you, I apologize. Um, there are so, so, There's only once or twice where you don't really catch what she's saying, um, and, and those times are when I prompt her to, to please repeat herself. Um, but that said, again, I apologize. Please, please, please accept my apologies um, for that. Uh, beyond that, we, we really so so she's living in Cookville uh, right now training. She's been there for eight months, and uh, she's training with uh, the uh, so the, the own like the operator of of the of the CrossFit Mayhem is Rich Froning, and he's sort of like if you had to combine in the CrossFit world, he's sort of like if you had to combine Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, and uh, Tiger Woods all into one. He's just this uh, this uh, supernatural force within the CrossFit world. He's just kind of good at everything and um, very well respected and, and he also has a very deep Christian faith and I think that's a very uh, beautiful thing that I don't know we didn't touch on if they bonded about it but I, I'm sure that that's something that uh, connects them as well and so uh, he um, he's sort of the leader of the team and they and they just just you know performed admirably at the CrossFit Games um, and so I'll put some links in the show notes for that if you want to check that out but this was I, I well, so as, as I mentioned earlier Tasia did a really beautiful job of opening up for the conversation. Um, I didn't know some of the things about her past, um, you know, like her being raised by a single mom um, or or her past abusive relationship uh, it was, or the fact, the fact that she prayed for her mom's safety as a little as a little girl. I thought that was just so sweet. Um, so there's a lot of things that, that are really great for this. So if you, you might know Tasha as an athlete. You may have never heard of Tasha, but she's a she's a really great human. And I think uh, keeping track of her is, is really going to be great because, uh, you know, she's doing the games uh, this ne next coming year. And and you know, as she hits uh, late twenties, early thirties, to see what she does, uh, and, you know, maybe returning to an individual competition, maybe, uh, maybe uh, you know, Tasia will be the new Rich Froning, or Rich Froning will be the new Tasia. Who knows what's going to be happening? Anyway. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Um, I hope that you don't mind me rambling a whole lot. Uh, I just really had a great time. So uh, great, get your tea, get your water, get your coffee, whatever you're going to do, and enjoy this really great conversation with Tasia Prasevich on death. It is August 21st, 2018. I'm sitting here in my Coopersburg home, and Tasia Persevich is sitting in her Cookville, Tennessee home, and we're going to be talking about death through the four prompts. Uh, Tasia, what are the four prompts? The four prompts are, I am, before I die, I want, when I die, I want, and after I die, I want. Excellent. And how do you finish that first prompt, I am? Um, so I am, I am a believer. I am an athlete. I am someone who believes that my destiny is to spread love to people throughout the world. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Okay. So uh, unless I unless the the breaking up kind of got me, I got a believer, athlete, and somebody who spreads love. Yeah. Good. So uh, let's dive into Believer. Uh, and and with this, I want to ask, uh, what is, uh, did you have a religious or spiritual upbringing to your childhood? Um, so I grew up in out of the church, like my mom tried, you know, as best she could raising us for, um, I guess, believed per se. Uh, I definitely, you know, I knew there was a God. And I think I knew that because from a young age, I was like, always praying like it's so weird because mm -hmm. not growing up in the church I just was like always praying mostly because I had you know unfortunately a lot of fears and you know one of my fears 
being young was that my mom was going to die. And it was just like this fear. I know it's so sad. Like, I don't know why. I think just because she was person in my life that like anytime she went out, you know, this is back in the day store and, you know, I'd be worried and um, I would just pray. And then being in sports, like, you know, fear of like falling or hurting yourself, I'd be praying. So I definitely, I had some sense of being a believer, but I didn't really, you know, care to do the things that it takes, you know, like go to church and learn more about Christ and things like that. So I guess I was kind of like a fake believer. <laughs> but it's also like, that is such a, a, a direct relationship with uh, with like through p- prayer, like it is like that one to one versus the w- while the community and and the the scripture are incredibly important. Uh, it's just also such like a like that li- like I just imagine little Tasia praying <laughs> and think and like that's so it's just such a sweet image and um, I feel like that's that's a believer in such a different way and like such an like a you know like an honest like un tethered to like the surrounding faith but like there is such a strong faith of something in there totally and I think that you know it has been really cool because it's something that has just kind of continued in my life and I don't even realize I'm you know I'm doing it sometimes because it's so second nature like I'll be in the middle of a workout and it'll just be like hurt and I'll be like oh please (laughs) please just protect me because I'm like scared I'm gonna like have a heart attack and die and you know just little things where you know, I'm just kind of constantly or like, you know, you drive past someone in a car accident. And I think it, it's been really cool because it is definitely like just, you know, coming out from my heart. It's not something I learned, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like, it's like something that is like, it was just a part of you growing up. Totally. And so, uh, so how did you make the transition from, uh, as you say, non-believer, uh, little baby Tasia praying, uh, asking for mom's safety to now where you say that you are a believer? Um, so it actually came after, you know, a very hard time in my life. Uh, had gotten out of an abusive relationship. And. I kind I'm sorry, of like, you, you've been bro- you broke up a little bit. So would you? Oh, I'm sorry. That a little bit. Yeah. So it came after like a really dark time in my life. I had gotten wrapped up in a in an abusive relationship when I was in college, mm-hmm. and coming out, you know, like being in that, I kind of really didn't know who I was and why. Like these horrible. Well, I felt like I played the victim. You know, these horrible things were happening to me. Like why me? I felt like I was like a nice person. I did good things. And, um, yeah, I put the blame, you know, elsewhere. I didn't really look inside myself to say like, you know, maybe this is something I need to work through. And eventually I, at the same time, I had this woman in college who was kind of like chasing me down, um, to come to church and like chase me down to be a part of this group. And I was just kind of like, because she knew, you know, she knew to some extent that I was broken and I just kind of was like nah I'm good you know like I just kind of wanted to keep lying to myself that that I was fine and could handle everything on my own and um after continuing to speak with her and eventually giving in to meet with her um I just kind of you know started learning that you know life didn't have to you know be on my own and that you know God's not going to take away these things, these painful things from us, just because we're a believer, you know, we have to like grow through it and do things on our own. And so I started, you know, reading and learning and eventually like flashback now, seven years removed from something that I didn't think I would survive. It was one of the best things to happen to me because I, it grew me so much. And, um, I just saw God show up in so many ways that it yeah it's just like a testament to my faith that you know it happened for a reason if that makes sense Mm, like you like that uh that low was something that forced you to look around and and find something that is uh bigger than you and like it's so funny because I say you know that I I truthfully feel that my my destiny you know like I was put on this earth to just you know, to love people and to like spread joy. And like, that is like my sole purpose 
for being here. Mm -hmm. And when I look back to situations like that, I'm like, you know, I had to go through that because how can I relate to other women who've been through struggles like that if I haven't been through it? Because you can't, like, Mm -hmm. you're in the club or you're not in the club. And I think that I'm so grateful for that experience because I've had so many opportunities to speak to other women um, and just, you know, shed light on them. So, you know, looking at that among other hard situations, it's like, we can use these things for such greatness, such hard things, but in the moment, we just want it to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, like just, just relating it to the athlete part of you, it's like, we, if somebody is a very gifted athlete, they are generally uh, poor coaches. And the best coaches are ones that might not be the best athletes, but are the ones that have had to work so hard for a muscle up or so hard for a decent squat because they know they've had to take like 18 different routes up the mountain and they've fallen down 17 times. I'm more relatable and that's in this world, right? I mean, being able to connect with someone, human connection is so valuable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what, like, uh, if you had to describe like your, 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 your flavor of Christianity, uh, what would you describe it as? Um, so I consider myself like a non-denominational Christian. I, you know, I'm very open to hearing other people's ideas. And I think that, you know, the church sometimes, depending on you, where you're at can come off as it's like this thing that excludes people. And that's really not what it's meant to be. It's supposed to be something that's welcoming to everyone. And so I definitely uphold that. Whereas like, you know, just because we see someone a certain way, doesn't mean they shouldn't be welcome um, in church or, you know, be able to talk about how they feel. So I definitely, you know, I hold true to what I believe, but I do like getting into conversations with people with differing opinions and you know, see why they believe the things they believe. Um, I think there's value in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to jump ahead uh, past the athlete because I think athlete will be fun to dig into and nerd out about with you. But I want to talk about the feeling that your purpose is to spread love. And uh, it's just something that, you know, uh, I see it like just in the way that you, you smile. I think that you have like a very earnest and open smile. And that's something that's hard that you don't, you don't like make that. You just have that. And I think that's something that, um, you know, and the fact that you went to the teams, I think that you are the kind of person that would, that slots in very well to a team atmosphere. And uh, like, what, what are some of the ways in which you feel like you have spread love? Sure. So, I mean, for me to start, like, growing up, I wanted to be a doctor, because I felt like that was my way to, you know, help people and love on people and save them. And although there's so much value in that, and it's so awesome, I think it's funny that my life (laughs) turned differently. (laughs) That's like more accurate to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that started with coaching. So being able to coach people and coaching is much more than just giving direction. Like you've been in a CrossFit gym and you know that it's so much more about community and what's going on in people's lives and just being there for people. So I feel like coaching really gave me a great outlet. Um, to love on people, um, there. And then just being able to have like my platform since I've been when Cookville has grown. And I think that that, you know, gives me also more opportunity to spread love to people just through silly things like Instagram, you know, like I get Instagram messages and I, I do my best to respond to every message I receive that (laughs) has anything to do, you know, with Mm -hmm. like, questions and wanting to know, you know, about like I post um some devotional stuff and things like that. And I think that's been, you know, also a huge outlet. And then just seeing people, you know, like the CrossFit Games is so cool because it's not just about fitness. You know, it's about seeing so many different people and getting to hear their story and relate. And I think that's kind of how I've been able to spread love as I say. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting time of like, um, like you're almost you're almost in this like kind of like, weird, like, very odd celebrity role. And you have this access point to a lot of people through uh, social media, which can be a very toxic thing, but it also can have like such a beautiful way of directly interacting with people that you could never see in a day to day world, and uh, affect them in certain ways that you might not even uh, know how deeply you affect them. 
Totally. It is so cool because, you know, Instagram, obviously it, yeah, as you said, it can be toxic and very dangerous and, um, awesome. And I find a lot of my inspiration too, from there, from, you know, seeing other women or people doing things that, you know, are awesome. And I think it's been a really good connection point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now I want to dive a little bit into you as an athlete and, uh, like what has your history been with athletics and, uh, like how did that bring you to now, uh, where you won the CrossFit games? Um, so it started with gymnastics, you know, I'll try to keep it short. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I was born and raised doing gymnastics and then I went to college, did it there. When I graduated, I kind of was like super lost as far as fitness because I knew I enjoyed exercising. I mean, that's all I'd ever done my entire life. And I was weight room or like what exercise I need to do to be, you know, fit. And I was very lost, started running and running's terrible. I still don't like it. So I mean, oh, real, real quick though. Um, I want to <laughs> know, did this, did that lostness, did that kind of, did that coincide at all with, uh, the abusive relationship you mentioned previously? It actually was very close, very close time domain. So it was like a whole negative going on there. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I just wanted to like make sure I was, I was putting that together in my head. So continue. Running is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Running is terrible. Just kidding. Some people love it, but <laughs> that's what I went into that. I was like, okay, you know, after gymnastics, I'd always been kind of strong and muscular. And I decided that I didn't want to be strong and muscular anymore, that I wanted mm-hmm. to be skinny. So what do you do to get skinny? Apparently you run. And, um, I started training for a half marathon. I ran a half marathon. And when I finished half marathon, I had planned to run a marathon and I literally ran across the finish line and was like, I am never doing a marathon because (laughs) the half hurts so bad, (laughs) Uh, which, you know, looking back, I'm not exactly built for running. Um, But shortly thereafter, someone, um, a friend in college, he did CrossFit at this gym ever proven. And that's where we met. Mm -hmm. Um, and he invited me to be on a scaled team with him. So I was like, okay, like I'm into fitness. I'll try this CrossFit thing, which I'd never really heard of it until then. (laughs) And I just hopped in at ever proven for, I think it was maybe like a month. I trained there before this competition and it was cool because I was kind of like already naturally gifted at it because of my background in gymnastics. And then also I did you know, in the weight room, like we, so I had good body awareness Mm -hmm. and I just kind of picked it up fast. And originally I did it, I think for a year, did it just pretty much for fun. And then when I came in, I was like really close to making it to regionals. My second first full year of doing CrossFit, I was like real close, which was just doing one class a day and just whatever. Um, and then I was like, I think I can make it. Like, I mean, I was like five spots away. So I was like, I might as well try to make it. And that kind of is where it spiraled into being competitive and just kind of blossomed from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing you at regionals. Um, I forget which year it was, but uh, it was it was one of the earlier years for you. And I was just like, I remember a, a little girl coming up to you and saying like she admires you she follows you on instagram and she just really wanted your signature and it was just like this really beautiful moment between the two and i think that is a a great like connection between you as the athlete and you as the spreader of love yeah it's so cool i love just you know it's such a big platform and such an opportunity to do good things um and out there you know we see unfortunately just you know butts everywhere and boobs and stuff you know like on instagram like that's how people want to get famous and nothing that's that's their own prerogative but i think like for young women growing up seen through a lens you have to be able to remind them that it is much bigger than that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so what do you see like I, I know, you, I know you're just coming off of this high of of winning the CrossFit Games, um, but like, what do you see as your future for uh, you as an athlete? 
So I want to compete for as long as it makes me happy. And as long as my body is healthy, I think that, you know, this is the one time and kind of like the last time in my life, I think I'll be competitive at a sport. So I definitely like to run its course as long as, you know, I'm still enjoying what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I plan, I'm going team again this year with uh, Mayhem Freedom. And then from there, I try not to plan out too much further, but I, <laughs> I would like to compete individual again at some point. Um, I'm not sure when that is, and I'm not sure if I'll change my mind, but I do think that it would be cool to go back also as an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you are uh, 28. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. Yeah. And so like, there's that whole like curve of like, how like your like physical, like athletic peak, and then there's like the peak of you as a mental athlete. And like the mental athlete comes later, but the physical peak comes earlier, and then trying to find that like sweet middle ground where you're smart, and you're not dumb. And you're, uh, but you're still, your body's still functioning pretty well. And it seems, and, I, and at least generally speaking, you're like a little, you're still before that peak. I feel, especially after being in a new environment for a year, I feel like I've learned so much last year about my body and about training differently that I've kind of still have more to gain. And I think, you know, as an athlete, and most athletes would probably feel the same is if you know you have room for improvement then it's hard to think about stopping, you know, like, and unfortunately we see, you know, injuries stop people, but, you know, grateful or like, luckily I've been pretty much healthy. Um, (laughs) And so (laughs) as long as I can continue with that, I'll be happy, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are some of the things that you've learned about your body? Um, So I came off of when I was training before I came to Cookville's training at CrossFit Free with Brandon. He was a phenomenal coach, is a phenomenal coach. And program I was on with him and workouts. And I think, you know, that worked very well for my body. My body was like very used to that. And then when I moved to Cookville, um, I just jumped in with what's Rich doing. And Rich is more, he does like, instead of doing like one to two workouts a day, he does like five. So I went into an environment where I was doing much less strength training and a lot more like physical workouts. Um, And I think just learning that, you know, what's Rich doing is phenomenal. Obviously he builds greatness, but I think too, like I need to add in a little bit more strength stuff and like a little bit more skill work for me because, um, you know, if you know Rich Frone and you know, he's pretty much good at everything and that's not a lie. Like <laughs> he doesn't need any extra work on certain things. But I think for me, I just came in and was like, I'm just going to do, you know, whatever he does all the time. And it worked out obviously, but like <laughs> knowing that there's like more gains to be made of like me adding on little things. And then I had to change my diet a little bit being here just because of the excess amount of exercise. So just making sure I'm eating enough and doing things like that. So I think going through that and learning it kind of like for a while, wasn't eating enough. And I was just really run down to now knowing like how to transition my calorie intake to what I'm doing. I think that will help as well. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what about, uh, it sounds like you've learned a lot uh, mentally over the past, uh, like eight months since you've been in Cookville, uh, being in, in, like in that kind of like, uh, mayhem, uh, mayhem, you know, like what, what, uh, what are some of the things that you've learned about yourself as an athlete and just as a person, um, from that environment? Sure. So, I mean, being on a team, you, a high level team, you learn a lot about yourself. And I think like, very much used to, you know, like not being arrogant, but just winning workouts. You know, I was just like in an environment where I felt like, you know, I had like another person, like a teammate that would push me, but then I come to this new place. I'm just getting like smashed. Um, (laughs) So I think mentally, like at first I was like, Oh my gosh, like, maybe I'm not going to cross it, you know, cause you (laughs) you get like, you, you get like all these mental, like our brains are so hard on us. Like I'm, especially me, I'm like very hard on myself. And, um, I just like over and over again, was just like super hard on myself about, you know, things that didn't matter. And I think for me, what I learned, like that was one of the biggest things was learning to be okay, not with, to be okay with losing, but more to be like, did you give 100% in this workout? Are you getting better? Those are the things that matter. And it's not, 
about like, obviously I'm not going to be beating Rich running in a workout. You know what I mean? Like he's pretty fit. And, um, <laughs> hopefully one day I can push to be able to maybe compete, you know, sometimes, which depending on the workout, you're like, I'll be able to push him somewhere where, you know, that I never thought I could. Um, so I think just the positivity of, I'm a naturally positive person, but I, that's what I learned and being around people who, you know, they truthfully only want you to give a hundred percent. And if you're giving 100%, then that's all that matters. And I think that sort of environment has taught me a lot about and the hard work I'm putting in, um, which leads to just like a happier day. (laughs) Yeah. And I wonder, um, like, because that kind of environment is something that, um, it's not an accident and it doesn't, it's not something that just happens. Uh, and I wonder what is like, what are some of the ways in which you contribute or you see that others contribute to that environment of positivity and encouraging each other to, to just maximize your potential? Because it is so, it's, it's not, uh, it, 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 you can see many ways in which it goes poorly, but it's, it's rare to find ways in which a, a true uh, supportive environment like that, uh, where a bunch of sharks are just circling each other, but making each other faster and not eating each other up. Totally. Yeah. I think the people here are just great people. And I think, you know, when they're looking for a new person to replace someone on the team and going through that process, they're looking more for personality and the type Mm. of person they are than as far as athletics. And, you know, luckily, you know, most people that come are also pretty fit and that helps. Um, but I've seen just from the people they've pulled in and, you know, um, the people that are here already is, is really good people and they really want to see you do the best. And what's cool about team is we really aren't competing with each other. You know, we are competing with each other, you know, together. So like, if I'm struggling at something, I have my teammate who's going to help carry the load, like part of the load because they're a little bit better. And I think I always had this mindset of like, I have to get the work done. Like I have to do it. Cause as an individual, you do. Um, but on a team, it's okay for me to be like, I'm not great at this. Can you take more of it for me? And because everyone's so great, it just happens. And you know, a lot of that goes without, we don't even have to communicate that at this point. Mm -hmm. I can just, they just know, you know, Oh, Taze is dying. I'm going to take a little (laughs) bit more. (laughs) And that's been really cool. Yeah. And it sounds to me like, um, you know, when you get, when you got there and you're like, am I, am I actually good at CrossFit or am I bad at CrossFit? Cause I'm losing all these work. It sounds like there was a, a, a real process of like, uh, of uh, like toning down or taming the ego, uh, when you got there, because it's, and it's not like, it's a natural thing. If you're the fastest, strongest person in a gym, it's very, it's just a natural thing to feel like have that ego kind of like get a little bit too big for its britches. And, but when you go somewhere else, it sounds like there's, uh, especially on the team aspect too, there's a really strong, uh, like potential to like, keep, keep that ego down and, uh, and realize that there's something bigger going on here. Totally. Yeah. There's, there's no room for ego here. And I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. You know, that's why it is so much fun because we all want to win. Like, that's why we're good at the sport is we're very competitive and I want to beat you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and they feel the same way about everyone else. And it's a more, it's a very lighthearted, very playful and very just like, you know, you're just, everyone's just trying to get fitter. So there is no room for ego. And I think that it does breed for like a very good environment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just want to touch briefly on this. Like what was, what are some of the things that you've learned from the, the, the crazy weekend in, uh, of the CrossFit games? Um, so I learned, well, firstly, I learned that team is way more pressure than individual, (laughs) at least from my perspective, because I think a lot of times we like on the outside looking in, I'm like, Oh, team, you know, it's so much fun. You're not out there by yourself, which yes, those things are very true. Um, but you know, going into the weekend, being on a team that was very much in the spotlight, uh, it, it was nerve wracking and I totally haven't experienced that type of like, I really, because for these other three people, I don't want to blow it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I, the whole time going in, my only focus was getting my mind right because like physically I knew we had done everything we could do. I'd worked out harder and more than I ever have. So the only thing holding me back was something would be my brain, Mm -hmm. um, which 
you know, we see that happen and people implode very easily under pressure like that. So I definitely learned um, about handling a pressure that was very unknown to me. Um, and that, that was cool because it was a realization of like, I really care about these people and it's, it's going to be awesome. And then, um, I think just like little things like the swim, which was one of my harder workouts. I had been swimming so much since I've been here and it kind of fell apart in the mass start in chaos. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so just, you know, realizing that, okay, yes, you have been swimming for eight months, like 4k every week, but you still need more, you know, like there's still so much more room for growth and yeah. And just to have fun, you know, it's always, every time you go, you have to remember that life is much bigger than CrossFit and, you know, you have to be enjoying what you're doing or you're not going to do well. Mm. And so uh, one thing that I like to do with pe- folks, uh, which I check in with people uh, is something like high, low Buffalo. And like, it's like, what was the high of the, uh, what has been a high that you've recently experienced? What's a low that you really experienced? And what was the, uh, what's it like for the Buffalo? It's like, what was something really weird? So uh, would you hit me with a real quick, uh, high, low Buffalo of the CrossFit games? Sure. Okay. So, I mean, the high aside from winning would have been, I snatched two Oh five uh, in the heavy snatch. So that was really cool because I tore my labrum last year and I did not ever think I would snatch above 200 again, just because I was kind of like, I don't really need to, like, I'm not going to do it. And to snatch two Oh five was really cool. Mm. Um, so, so that was my high. Uh, my low was probably the swim just because it, it was very frustrating to have spent. I, we spent so much time since I've been here, like since December, I 2k you know 2k twice a week which is like a lot and i swim this is my chance for redemption because in 2016 i came in like second to last in the swim so i was like this is it i'm gonna you know show everyone that i've been working on my swimming and um with a mass 80 person start and you know i don't know if you watched but the swim started where the water was shallow enough that people were like running in the water for like the first you know, two or I don't know, a hundred meters or so that, that just started it off at like a very high heart rate because I started out swimming and people were running by me in the water. So, um, <laughs> so, you know, I jumped in and started running and I think it just didn't go well. Cause from there I didn't swim what I was capable of swimming. So that was my low. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Buffalo, the weird thing, oh my gosh, the weird thing of the CrossFit games. I think of something that was weird. Because everything went pretty much, I mean, to plan. <laughs> I, guess, I guess, like, I don't know if you had been on or if you had seen the obstacle course. That was something that was kind of weird and stressful. And um, I had, at one point, there was these rope swings where you had to swing from, like, jump from ropes to ropes with your hands and get from one wood pile to the other. And I got, I jumped on too soon after Lindy. So, she was going through and I had to stop. So I was like at a dead hang on these ropes. <laughs> and luckily, I know. So I'm like, just like hanging here, like trying to get momentum to swing. Cause there's nothing to use your feet. Mm-hmm. And Rich came in, he was behind me and he came in behind me and just kicked me with two feet <laughs> and just pushed me over the edge. So it was kind of like something funny that we laughed about after like in the moment, he a natural good problem solver and athlete where I'm like dangling there and he just pushes me with his feet and continues on and so crazy that you just did that without even thinking and I didn't even think twice about it I was just like yep here we go (laughs) yeah and that's a very beautiful illustration of like having a team on your back that like you are working together and you think together and you're like I trust you whatever we got to do it's like whatever we is whatever we're gonna do yeah, totally. It's awesome. Awesome. Good. All right. So um, we talked a lot about you as a believer, you as an athlete, and how you uh, want it's your purpose to spread love. Do you, are you ready to talk about the next prompt? Sure. All right. How do you finish the next prompt before I die? I want. Okay. This one's hard. <laughs> um, before I die, I, I want to be happy, you know, like continue to be happy mm-hmm. um, and feel like I'm living out my purpose. I want to travel mm-hmm. um, and I want to start a family. 
Great. Okay. Three awesome, awesome things. Okay. So I like that you said to continue to be happy um, because a lot of people say to be happy, they want to be happy before they die. And that's just like, what does that mean? Like, what does it, how do you, what, like, how will you know that you're happy? And like, how long will you have to be happy to be happy? You know, so um, what, um, like, I guess, especially with the contrast of that low that you experienced during college with that relationship, like, what do you feel like, um, how do you know that you're happy now? And then how, what, in what ways do you want to continue this going forward? Sure. Um, so I think I feel happy because I feel like I'm, you know, living out my purpose mm-hmm. and I feel like that I'm living, you know, the, that, that hashtag that's like living my best life. Like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm in that point where I'm like actually really doing things that I want to do. And I have, I finally have opportunity to do more things that I never thought I'd be able to do. And, you know, one of those things was you coming to Cookville, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working pretty hard. Like I'm programming for the gym. I'm also still a sales rep. So I'm making more money than I've ever made. You know, it's still, you know, not anything great, but enough for me to be able to go to Hawaii where in years past, I, I I've always wanted to go and I just haven't been able to make it happen. So, mm-hmm. um, things like that, where I'm like, I have more opportunity to do things and to learn, like I'm, you know, learning more about programming and learning more about sales and learning more about CrossFit. And I think just being around, I'm around a lot of experts, you know, in the field, like, you know, Rich Froning, he's an expert at what he does. So I get to be around him and learn those things. And then I'm around Chris Incha, who's an expert at, you know, aerobic capacity and I get to learn from him. And so just my brain and heart are just being like flooded with all this really cool information Mm -hmm. um that I feel like there's just so much growth and like it's funny because looking forward I don't even know what that looks like I'm like like I don't have a clear picture of like what growth or what my future looks like but I know that I'm going in the right direction Mm -hmm. um and that just helps you know like that doesn't mean I'm just I wake up and I'm like just like jumping around smiling every day obviously there's lots of hard days and lots of struggles um, but to know that, I guess, I think just living in purpose, um, that is something that would make someone happy. Yeah. And it sounds like, um, yeah, like you were saying, like, there's, you don't even know what your final form is. Like you're still, you're still, you're only 28. Uh, you have, uh, a lot more athletic endeavors to pursue. And then beyond that, it's like, who knows where like you're like the, the sales and, and like, it sounds like you're setting up like a strong network and like, who knows where that will lead you. Totally. And I think that's cool to just be, I've never really felt like, I guess I've known that I've been, you know, I've been on the right path, obviously, cause I'm here, but I've mm-hmm. never really fully been like, like with clarity, like I know I'm supposed to be here right now at this time. And I think that having that sort of clarity is, you know, just a piece mm-hmm. over me, I guess. <laughs> okay, so we, uh, so you want to continue to be happy, and you want to travel, and we talked a little bit about that in the, like the intro stuff with like the going to Hawaii, working with the cross with that CrossFit Kid program. Like, what, um, what about travel is so intriguing to you? Um, I think just, I haven't traveled a lot, like, especially I, I have never really been out of the country. Um, so I think, you know, there's just, there's so much history and there's so much to learn and there's so many different cultures and like people can, you know, I guess someone in like Italy, they could have the same faith as me, but just like see it differently. And, you know, just to be able to meet and see different people and cultures. Um, I think, you know, that's just so cool. Right. Isn't that what, I mean, isn't that what everyone wants to do? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) If not, they should. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause, uh, I mean, like when you were talking earlier about you moving from Arizona to New Hampshire and just realizing like, Oh, I love the mountains. I love four seasons. Um, the, 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 I think travel is such an important thing to do for a person. Uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see places, but it's just, it's so important to see how other people live and just how dramatically different other people can perceive the world. Totally. And I think there's just like a lot to be taken from that in your own life of, you know, how people live and, you know, what to learn from them. And I don't know, I would to a bunch of places, obviously I'd love to go. So what are some of those places? But I'm like really excited to go to Hawaii. Um, <laughs> I think fairly. 
<laughs> and then you know like Italian Italian so I'd love to go there and to Poland just to see like I guess those are like kind of like my people in essence um and then I've always had this really weird affinity for Ireland like I've always wanted to go there and I I think it's just that like I would love to go and see what that culture is like um and then even past that like I would love to go to China you know and just see how people live there like it's such a different culture I can't even like imagine um so yeah i mean anywhere really very cool and i think uh you know if you if you continue on this wacky path of athletics and really ride it out and 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 grow yourself along the way i think it's well within the cards that you're going to see some things like china and italy and ireland right and like how cool would it be to you know help out a crossfit gym or something there you know and um that's always the end goal right is by helping other people and giving other people it really, you know, as cliche as it sounds, it's like, that's how you receive joy. Right. So, I mean, it'd be cool. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what about that third one, uh, wanting to start a family? Yeah. So, I mean, I've just always, you know, since I've been younger and known that I, you know, would like to have, you know, a happy, healthy relationship with someone and start a family, have kids and raise them and, just mold their little brains. So, you know, <laughs> I think that's something I think, especially for women, you either like want to, or you don't. Um, mm -hmm. and I've always wanted to, so. Okay. So there are two parts to this, this family picture that we're talking about. Like one is the partner and the other are the children. And, uh, I want to ask like, which one do you want to dive into first? Partner first. What was that? You can go partner first. Okay, partner first. So um, are you currently in a relationship? I'm not. So have you experienced or like felt like shades of a relationship that is like the kind that you want to have in order to start this family? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I had like a really healthy, awesome relationship. Um, and it lasted for years and it was great. It just, we were like different people went on different paths, but I know that someone like him or like the relationship that we had would be someone that I would want to be with. And like, uh, do you, is it, is this like, are, is this a person like finding this partner? Is this something that is like a priority right now? Is this some, some, or is it something that you're like, if, 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 he, if they fall into your lap, you're like, Oh, let's, let's do this. Um, but, or is this, or are you trying to focus uh, like a lot on the athletics and, and yourself for now? Yeah. So it's very much not a priority. Um, my focus is, you know, CrossFit and then just like growing myself and learning and, you know, if that someone happens across my path, um, I definitely, you like always constantly reminding myself to be open to opportunity, not to just be like in my own head bubble and like not giving anybody chances, but it's not something I'm seeking. Gotcha. All right. And now, um, now let's talk about the kids. Like, are you, um, is, are you thinking, uh, like your own biological children? Are you thinking about adopting? Honestly, I don't even know. I, I would like to, you know, have my own kid, you know, like have, my own biological kids, if I'm capable of that. I mean, in this day and age, you never really know. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, that would be something. But, you know, adoption stories are so cool. And just like seeing, being able to care for a child that doesn't have a good upbringing, you know, like that's something equally amazing. Um, so I, I think I haven't really thought, thought that far ahead. <laughs> I'm like, there's a lot of steps before that. <laughs> yes, yes, there are. Um, yeah. And, uh, what about like the whole molding of the brains? Is it, does it kind of come back to like the, the experiences you had coaching kids, um, like, and just interacting with them? Like what, what about it, the, the whole, like, uh, like I get to put some weird stuff in their brain and see how it unfolds later on. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it's like a very cool and terrifying thing <laughs> to be able to help grow a person. And I think especially, in this world today, like this world is very scary. And like, just because it's scary doesn't mean there's a lot of good and there is. Um, but to be able to grow someone that could do, you know, really great and amazing things is, 
a really cool opportunity. Mm. And I, I don't quite recall, uh, like how, is there a, a big age split between you and your siblings? No. So my, my brother, I have two brothers and a sister and I'm like the second middle. So mm. we're all really about two years apart. So my sister's like 32. Uh, tomorrow, my older brother, Caleb's 30, I'm 28. And then my younger brother, he's actually 13 months separated from me. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we're like very close in age and growing up, it was crazy and not terrible, but we just like fought all the time. And I mean, as you can imagine, kids around the same age and Mm -hmm. now, oh my gosh, it is so cool. And so much just hanging out. We can just hang out with each other like friends. It's like, because we are friends, you know, but it's not like we choose to be that way, you know? Um, mm-hmm. because our personality is actually very much intertwined. And then we obviously have history. <laughs> we <laughs> together, so mm-hmm. it is so cool to have siblings close in age. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, are you, uh, ready to move on to the next prompt when I die? Yes, I'm ready. How do you finish that prompt? When I die, I want. Okay. When I die, I want, I feel like the only thing I want would be to, you know, be at peace and for um just to be have like a clear understanding of it being okay like i i wouldn't want to be in fear mm. when i die i guess <laughs> is there um have there been any experiences of death that inform that like have you seen someone go through fear as they died or have you seen someone go through death very bravely um not really close up uh you know i've been very, I guess, blessed in a sense to not have to, you know, lose someone really close to me. And um, yeah, it's been, I I think because of my, would you say that again? You're kind of breaking up. Oh, sorry. I think it's just, it, it is very scary to think about and, um, it shouldn't be, but it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, how does your faith inform that fear? Um, so it's, it's a big one for me because I know like I shouldn't be fearful because, you know, I, I know where I'm going and I know, um, that there is something greater than earth, like things on earth as we see, you know, it isn't this great grand place. You know, there is a lot of scary, evil things here. Um, and, you know, heaven isn't like that, but I have always been a person, like, as we talked about earlier, like, fearful that my mama die, and, like, fearful, obviously, that's, like, a similar fear that I still have, like, I don't want to die, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think, I don't know if or when that would ever be reconciled. Um, so, Yeah deep question <laughs> it's, it's tough yeah like the whole because you're you're in such like an age of still growth and it's like to uh to be imagining the the end of that growth forever um is tough because you're like i haven't even I, like we said you haven't even reached final form and uh, you haven't you haven't gotten the children you haven't gotten the partner yet and to uh to have that cut short would be would be tragic and um like that like I guess is like, are there certain milestones for you that would like at certain points, would you be like, Oh, this is like an appropriate time for me to go. Like, like would grandparenthood would great grandparenthood, like would some, what other accomplishments like kind of be milestones where you're like, I think I'm getting, I might be at that point more comfortable with the idea. I mean, yeah, I'd like to say that I'm where I, I was okay. And I, I always joke that I say, I want to live to be a hundred people are like, <laughs> you don't want to live to be a hundred. And I'm like, you know, maybe I, I do. Um, but that's, you know, when I don't, when I think about my faith and how, you know, you should focus on things unseen, you know, like I should be okay. You know, that if, if something were to come to pass that I am ready because it is my time. And you know, it's hard to put like a, a grandparent or a parent or, you know, of course there's so many things I want to accomplish. And, um, I pray that that, that is in my future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's it's a it's a tough thing at this age to be like, oh, because I'm 29, so it's just like it's it's still like I just want to like as long as I could just do some more stuff, it'd be pretty cool. But at the same time, being able to have that comfort with yourself now and like that the just the belief that things are they're gonna roll out however they're gonna roll out is is important as well yeah it's like it's a weird conundrum as you can imagine just trying to be like obviously want all these things like we want to just keep keep going keep going um but oh you broke up again sorry can you hear me yes okay I don't know where I was. (laughs) Uh, Don't worry about it. Um, And so I guess we kind of touched on it, but I just want to confirm, like, have there been any deaths that have affected you greatly? Um, Nothing. Like, I've I've lost some of my uncles and aunts, and that has been, you know, very hard to see. Um, And especially just, you know, for my mom, because those are her brothers and her sister, and, Mm. like, just being with her through those things. But I have been you know, very blessed to not have, you know, lost a sibling or a parent or some, a very close friend. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm hoping I would love to never experience that, you know, just like, you know, anyone, nobody wants to experience something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. So what, um, what was that experience like? And like, what did you learn from the process of your mother's grief, uh, as she mourned the death of her siblings? I think, I mean, I learned that my mom's like the strongest woman ever, but I, (laughs) I I already knew that she, she, she's literally a superhero. Um, you know, she raised me, uh, my two brothers and my sister are all on her own. And I think just like growing up and looking back and like, she instilled, you know, that, you know, love is sacrifice and, you know, just things like to be strong and to be powerful and to follow your dreams, to do all those things. Like she's always instilled that in me and to see, her be upset and to just, you know, unfortunately life goes on, right? Like you can be upset, but you still have to get up every day and go to work and take care of people. And, um, yeah, just, it's heartbreaking, but it's also a testament to just, you know, taking the good from it, you know, that they're at peace and then just continuing on, like your life doesn't stop. It just keeps going. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep going. You still have to find positive pieces to each day. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I didn't catch this earlier. Um, like your mother raising you as a single parent. Um, what did, did her, did she experience those deaths at an age where you were like, uh, uh, like uh, adult enough to be able to console her and be there for her? Um, yes and no. Um, so unfortunately my mom's lost two of her brothers and one of her sisters. So, I mean, two of them, I was younger and I didn't really understand even what that meant. Um, and then being older for one of her brother's deaths, um, you know, just as much as you can be there. Like, unfortunately I lived in a different state at the time. So it was, you know, yeah, so tough, just like anything that you can do. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just very different stages. Totally, very different. Mm-hmm. All right, and um, how, uh, is there anything else that you want when you die? Have you considered the moment of your passing? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> not really. Um, just, yeah, I mean, obviously nobody wants to go out in pain or mm-hmm being sad or have regret so just being at peace have you had any uh experiences in your life that might inform what that transition of from life to death would be like like a really crazy workout or like some other like near-death experience is there anything that will give you an inkling of what that experience might be um well when I was um I think I was 17 I had I had knee surgery and Mm -hmm. um when I came back from the surgery I obviously was on a lot of medication Mm -hmm. and they had wrapped my leg too tight in this ACE bandage, but they had told us not to take it off. (sighs) I had my foot. I remember I I lost complete blood flow to my foot and my foot was like huge and white. And I had like no feeling, but we, you know, we weren't even thinking about taking the bandage off because we weren't supposed to do it. And this is my closest is kind of pathetic, but my closest 
um, to what I felt like I, I genuinely, I remember like, I thought I was going to die. Like I had like, because my foot, I don't know. I just, I really thought I was going to die. And my mom, my mom was like hysterical. I love my mother, but she's just like, <laughs> she's like hysterical sobbing. She's like calling the pastor of the church and she's like calling the hospital. And we're like trying to figure out what to do. Um, you know, and I, in my brain, like, obviously I was highly medicated, but if I went back to the hospital, I like, I thought that was, that was going to be it. And we had to go back to the hospital. And I mean, long story short, it it was fine. And I ended up not having any sort of nerve damage because we got there in time, but, uh, this to something like that, but it was really frantic and panic. Time came. <laughs> All right. So how do you finish that final prompt after I die? I want. Okay. After I die, I want, um, to be, I guess, to be remembered for good things, to be remembered, um, for spreading love and joy and, you know, to, I guess people just have happy recollections of me. (laughs) Is there, um, is there like a level of, of legacy that you would want? Like, um, it, would it be fine if you, if you were remembered, uh, just in like some people's memories, like, Oh, this Tasia, she reached out to me on like DM and it was really cool. And it cha- like kind of turned my life around. It's like, and, but you don't know them. Um, or would you like, like a statue in Tasia's memory? Like what, like what kind of legacy do you want? No, it definitely would not be a statue. (laughs) (laughs) I think more so, you know, just if I was able to touch somebody's life or change somebody's life that maybe I didn't even know, you know, on top of the people that I'm around all the time, like hopefully, you know, I was able to help them or change them in some way. And then if, you know, God willing, I have a husband and kids like that they, you know, I was able to help them grow them, mold them and change their lives. And just, you know, as, as many lives as possible. I mean, that's what's really cool about like what, how I feel that I've been put here on this earth because it's never ending. It's just as many people that I can help and change. And in turn, they help me and change me. And um, yeah, that's all I want. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good stuff. And um, do you have, um, what about your sense of what comes after life? Yeah. So I think just the clarity and knowing that, um, that, you know, I'm in my life or after life is in God's hands. Um, that there's just a piece to that. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Do what, uh, like with your, like, I want to clarify with your, with your faith, like what, uh, what do you, what, what do you imagine? I don't know. I guess for, for me personally, I think, you know, everyone's very different, you know, like some Mm -hmm. people have grandier visions of heaven, you know, and like these pearly gates and all this stuff. And I really don't imagine it and picture it as similar to everyday life, just minus the pain and the struggle, you know, it's just going to be a clear, a clear joy I guess you know like the fruits of the spirit when you think about those things like that's all that's going to be there you know gentleness and faithfulness and kindness and you know just only being surrounded by good feelings and good emotions and I mean nobody on earth can tell us whether it's true or not right Mm -hmm. Um, so it has to be something that we just believe and you know that's at least how I picture it it's not anything extravagant or crazy gotcha and um when you imagine the future what do you imagine and it can be like five years from now it can be a hundred years from now or ten thousand years from now but like when you think about like what happens after this moment like what do you think about you mean like like it could be for you it could be for the world it could be for like all matter in the universe Wow, that's very broad. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see where you take it. I mean, I guess it's easiest to just think about, you know, like how the future for myself, like um, continuing. I mean, I don't have anything. I don't, I genuinely don't think about the future a ton just because it's easy to get lost mm-hmm. um, in plans and things that, you know, I, I've made so many plans that <laughs> have never come to pass. So 
I think just, just continuing, like I said before, continuing to be happy and to inspire people. And then hopefully, I mean, to continue like people around the world to continue to see goodness in the world. Cause I think a lot, especially with the news and things like that, we see so much of the evil and so much of the bad stuff happening in the world, but you know, maybe a more direct pulse as far as like a worldwide thing of just like goodness and good things happening. Um, that would be an awesome future. <laughs> I heartily agree. And, um, you know, Tasia, we've been, we, we haven't really talked like this before. Uh, like really sat down and talked and got to know each other. Uh, we've, we've known a lot of people that we have, we know a lot of people in common. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I knew that this would be a really, really lovely conversation and you did not disappoint. Uh, we've been circling each other, trying to schedule this whole thing for a little while. Um, but I'm so glad that it came to pass and, um, I hope that you enjoyed yourself as well. And I want to give you the last few minutes or moments to address the audience directly, whether it's, uh, a, you know, a fan on Instagram, or um, somebody that you've coached in the past or in the past or maybe a a future child who's now listening to this uh, after you know mom has retired from the CrossFit world Um, but I want to give you uh, the chance to speak to the audience directly say whatever you would like Um, the floor is yours oh wow okay Um, well first thank you Eugene for having me I had a great time Um, it's been really cool to have these super deep questions because we don't all the time like ask ourselves these things Um, Mm -hmm. so it's been you um about these questions and things like that um as far as leaving a note you know i mean for me it would just be you know thank you to everyone who listens to this podcast um and then just to remember that you like you're capable of anything that you want to do in life and you know happiness can be just right around the corner because it's down within you um so to remember that you know, whether you're in a hard time or a high time, um, that joy can be found in each day. And it's really important to prioritize that, um, over, you know, money and fame and all those things. Um, because, you know, love conquers all, you know, so joy, love those things to spread those things in the world as much as you can. And hopefully, um, goodness will come from it. Great stuff, Tasia. Thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure. Thank you, Eugene. This has been Tasia Persevich on Death.